Um, we are not continuing with the sermon series. Uh, however, Reverend Goy will come back to complete the series. I think there are still two or more Sundays to complete that series. But we're going to read a text from uh, John chapter 4. Um, interestingly, the series comes from that book, but also that is what the Lord led me. Um, and therefore, I'm just going to read a few verses of chapter 4. Uh, it's the story of the woman at the well. And um, scripture says from verse 1, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees were, uh, had heard that Jesus made the the, uh, that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. Uh, I read it and I thought it is Sychar. Near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. He, uh, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Verse 9. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Verse 11, The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then uh, do you get that living water? 12, Are you greater than our father Jacob? who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of, spring, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. A fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. And that is the word of God. From that text, um, I want to draw a few lessons that the Lord, I believe, speaks to us as we read it on evangelism. Uh, today, as we say, it is Evangelism Sunday. We've talked so much about evangelism and uh, I enjoyed hearing the responses that people were giving uh, when uh, we asked, uh, the question was asked of what really hinders us from being effective in evangelizing. And uh, one of the reasons was given as the fear of rejection. And indeed, that happens. Um, just to begin, to tell a little story, while I was uh, in, in, I think it was Form 2 or Form 3, I found myself going for a mission. And it was a mission that was very far off for, from wherever I was. Um, I, I schooled in South Nyanza. The mission was in Marsabit. And I told my parents, I'm going to Marsabit. And they were like, how on earth? Do you want to go to Marsabit? Who are you going with in the first place? What are you going to do there? Um, but somehow, there was this determination in me that I want to go. I was born again then. 
um, and um, they actually footed my bills, they prepared, and I went to Mars a bit. And so it was out there that I shared, I learned to share the gospel. It was the first time I was going for a mission. And I saw people, you know, we met different people, um, different cultures, and all that. But the experience stuck with me to date that you can go out somewhere and share the gospel, and people give their lives to Christ. There are some people that are just waiting. They were just ready to hear. But in the middle of that, there was also crisis because um, there were tribal clashes between the, the Ormas and the Gabras, and some, one day we found ourselves in a mix. People are running with spears and, 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 and arrows. They're chasing one another, but they don't care about our oh, Tuanatembea Huku. So they had issues among themselves. Uh, so just to say that evangelism costs. Evangelism is a determination. Evangelism has to be intentional. And those things, uh, we see them in this particular scripture. And so just to zero in on that, I want to say that the Lord Jesus Christ himself in this story had to go, you know, from one place to another. So there's the principle of going, which we see in the command of the Lord himself. He says, go and make disciples. And as it has been said, it is a command. It is not a request. The Lord is asking us to go. The Lord is commanding you to, to go. It is an imperative. You have to go. And so in evangelism or in evangelizing, there's the space of moving from one point to another. I believe it begins from the heart. You have to make a decision. You have to understand what is this that I'm going to share. And so having known that, you can now decide to take a step and go reach out to somebody. So the Lord Jesus himself left Judea and he was going back to Galilee. And he went to Galilee through Samaria. And scripture says that when he got to this place, a city called Sica or Sica, um, um, he found the well of Jacob. And at the well, things happened. The disciples left him alone. They went to buy food in the city. But then there comes this woman that uh, needed to draw water from the well. And a conversation came out of that. And so the first point I want us to see from that text is that in evangelism, there is a going. It is a command. And therefore, we have to go. You are challenged to go, make disciples of all nations. And therefore, evangelism involves movement from point one to point B. Many times, there is the place of you have to leave your own house. You have to leave your own comfort zone and reach out to somebody. Some of us are so dignified. Hallelujah. In your dignity, you don't want to embarrass yourself, you know, to share about the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, if you get embarrassed of me here, so don't get embarrassed about him. You have to step out of your comfort zone. Go. So your going can be to your neighbor. It can be, you know, to the next city. It can be anywhere. But you are moving out from a particular confine to a new area so that you are sharing the gospel that the Lord has deposited in your heart. Of course, the gospel is about the love of God, that Jesus loved us so much and he gave his own life for us. And so we all have to go if we are going to evangelize. Abraham was sent and he went. You know, he was commanded to leave his home country and he went. And in the going, he made disciples, if I would say. You know, he ministered wherever he went. Moses, as was saying, also went. He was sent. He left and he went and shared the love of God and did, of course, the commission 
that God had given him. When we read most of the prophets, we realize that they were sent from one place to another. They were sent from wherever they were to their people. And so the aspect of going is something that is very important in evangelism. We must always remember that we have to, to go. The second thing I see in this particular text is intentionality. It has been mentioned. You have to be intentional about evangelism. If you're not intentional and deliberate, you will not actually go. You will stay comfortable because the enemy does not want you to share the good news that you have with other people. And you will make sure that the situations are not favorable at all. Many times, the situations are not favorable when you want to go to share the gospel because the enemy speaks. He speaks in your ears. He whispers, you know, what are you going to tell that person? That person has this, has that. You don't have that. You know, that person is educated more than you are. What are you going to tell them? The enemy will whisper things like that in your ears. You have to be intentional and say that I am going to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus, whatever it takes. And so Jesus was intentional in himself that he left and he went. And when he got to this particular place, he met somebody that he actually intended to share the gospel with. So there were many routes that Jesus could have followed, but he chose to go through that particular route. And when he went through that place, God had something, you know, for him because he says he does what he hears the father, from the father. And so I believe it was within the plan of God, the Father, that Jesus would meet this Samaritan woman. And so there is a um, conversation that arose in that particular uh, in, in engagement. And so I see the aspect of engagement. That in evangelism, we have to engage with other people. When Jesus met this woman, they started a conversation. And in the conversation, it was like, uh, you know, I need some water. And um, the woman was like, uh, why, how? You, a Jew, asking a Samaritan for a drink from the well of Jacob, our father? You know, so there was this kind of conversation that somebody had referred to here. It's like he, she put Jesus where Jesus belongs. It is a fear that the enemy uses. That, you know, when you go there, somebody will put you where you... So I don't want to share. But remember, you have to be intentional. You have to go and share. The, it's a command. In this case, the woman told Jesus, you know what? You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan. Uh, he was put where he belongs. But that did not discourage Jesus. He knew he was, a, he was a Jew, after all. He knew the woman was a Samaritan. No news. And so he continued to press in. Jesus did not give up. So Jesus chose engagement in this particular place with this particular lady. Of course, culturally, it was not um, a very acceptable uh, thing. Um, there were those cultural issues between Jews and, in fact, themselves. The place of women was, there was a place that men placed women. So conversation between men and women uh, and alone was not that easy. But that is where Jesus found himself in. Sometimes evangelism can put you in an awkward place. But remember, who has commanded you to go? 
He is the Lord Jesus himself. He is with you. He will give you what to speak. He will give you what to say. He'll give you the approach to, to use as you share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So engagement means that you have to reach out to somebody. You have to determine that I'm going to reach so and so. And thank you, Pastor Steve, for encouraging us to pray for particular people by name. And so there's a place of praying for them and then stepping out and reaching out to them so that you can share the gospel with them. Looking at our environment, there are many places that people gather together. In that city, there was a well where people could come. A well was a place where they came to draw water. The, the, the animals were also given water from there. They drew water for their, for their flock. And I think that in evangelism, we have to be strategic. There's a place of strategy. Where do we go? Who do we approach? How do we do it? And the well provided that for Jesus Christ. What is our well as NCLA? Pastor Steve has mentioned this particular institution. He has mentioned Langata High School. He has mentioned the prisons around. Um, I see we have, we have Langata Barracks just across uh, the road. Uh, we have uh, many other things. We have, we have malls around. Those could be our wells where we can present ourselves and reach out to particular people. But it comes from the place of prayer. We have to determine that I want to reach a particular person or go to a particular place that I can share the gospel. Or we can plan as a church that we are going to reach out this particular estate, you know, and creativity comes in there just like we had before. And so uh, I would say that for us at NCLA, we need to pray that the places that people gather in Langata would be points where we can reach out and share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a cemetery over there. It's a place to bury the dead, isn't it? And yet, it's a place where the gospel can still be, be shared. Because we preach in the cemetery, isn't it? We go and we bury people. And when you're burying, you're sharing the love of God with people at that particular point. So people can give their lives, even at the cemetery, at the burial place. But let us pray that when people are getting buried there, some people are getting life because they are convicted, they are challenged that God loves them and they need to know where they will end up if they are the persons in the coffin that are being buried. So engagement is important when we are reaching out to people that we know or that we don't even know. That we create an environment where we can share with them. We can, we can reason out with them. Jesus Christ talked with that woman. He started from what that woman knew. He started from the well and the water that that woman knew. He asked for what she had to offer. You may not have something to offer, but that person may have something to offer you. You can use that as a point to begin sharing the gospel with those people. And so we need to ask ourselves, um, what is the place that the Lord is sending me to? What is the avenue that I have that I can share the gospel with people? Some of us have so personalized the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that we don't want to share it out with others. Yeah, we say, Jesus is my personal savior. Yes, he's my personal savior. Uh, it's well and good. But this personal savior wants you to share him out with other people. So you have to be willing to share. When you share what you have, 
remember, he will add you more. Ukiwa kuna, kuna glass ambayo imejazwa maji, isipotumika, hiyo glass haitapokea maji nyingine. You know? So you need to share out what you have so that you can get more, even fresh water, fresh juice, whatever it is. So be willing to engage and to share the gospel with other people. Whether you know them or you don't know them, there is always an approach that God can give you uh, so that you can share the love of God with them. In evangelism, we must be vulnerable. I see that in that text that we read, that Jesus found himself in a place that he was very vulnerable. He was put in this space of a woman and a man in a culture that he not really appreciate that. But his disciples had gone to the city, but they came back and found them. Of course, I believe that other people might have come across uh, that particular scene, and so they were not as in alone, alone. It was daytime. It was mchana sasita peupe. So there was nothing to be afraid of. And he shared the gospel of the love of God with that woman. Jesus um, 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 engaged with this woman. She, he was vulnerable and um, he did not care about the existing rivalry that was between the Jews and the Samaritans, but he, he pressed on slowly. He allowed himself to be in that space that he could be told, you are this, you are that, but we are this. But he did not allow that to push him aside from his focus. In the conversation, we also realize something that happens. There is authenticity. That the woman expressed what she knew about their relationship with the Jews. And she also expressed what she knew about worship. As you read the whole chapter, you realize that there's a place she says, you Jews worship in Jerusalem, but we worship on this mountain. In Zion, we worship on this mountain. So she expressed what she knew, the best how. And Jesus was here to present to her something better than the places of worship that she knew. Jesus was here to present to her something better than the religion that she knew. As you go out to share the gospel, there are people that are very religious. And they will take you to their religion. In fact, when you we ask them about the Lord, they'll tell you, me, I am a, you know, I am a this. You know that religion, that dini. I am a. They will not tell you about their relationship with Christ. And so, we need to be aware of that. As we, we share with the, with the people, they are very authentic about what they know. And we also have to be very authentic about what we know of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our relationship with him. So both Jesus and the Samaritan woman were authentic in their conversation, but, and both had a need to be met. Jesus was thirsty. Jesus was tired. He needed water from the well. But this woman was also equally thirsty. She was thirsty spiritually. Apart from being thirsty for the fact that she came for water, for her use in her home, she was thirsty spiritually. There was something lacking in her spirit, and she needed that to be addressed. Authenticity is important when we reach out and share the gospel. Do not, do not, do not make it up. Just be yourself. Just share what you know. And God will use that. God will open your eyes and will allow you to speak something that will minister to that somebody that you are sharing with. And so, in the conversation, later on, Jesus points out that this woman was actually living with a man that was not her husband. And that touched that woman. Of course, I believe God, uh, Jesus being God, he had that for a knowledge. He could tell about that woman. But I also believe that you as a believer, God would give you insight. 
God is able to give you the spirit of discernment. Sometimes you converse with somebody and you just see that this person is disturbed. And you can just mention something about their state. And when you mention that, it, it, they identify with that. And when they identify with that, then they are almost ready to listen more. And that is what Jesus did with this woman. That he realized that the woman was living in a life of sin and he mentioned her sin. And the woman was like, wow, come and see. Somebody who has told me everything about me. So authenticity is important in evangelism and uh, allow the spirit of God to use you to minister to whoever he has led you to. And I believe that at the end of it, they will be convicted and give their lives to the Lord. Not always do people surrender their lives to Christ. But you know, when you plant a seed, that seed takes time and it will grow. One time you'll just hear somebody saying, you know, uh, that day you told me something and that thing stuck with me until today. And that thing made me to think around, you know, and I gave my life to Christ. Later on, it happens. And so do not fear, just present yourself just as you are. Be authentic, be yourself, and share the gospel. Leave everything else to God. Um, we say that evangelism is sharing the, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit, and then leaving the results to, to God. That is how evangelism is defined in several circles. You share the gospel, share the love of God in the power of the Holy Spirit, and leave the results to God. That is what Jesus, I believe, did in this particular instance. In the text we've read, we also see that evangelism is cross-cultural. Evangelism is cross-cultural. Yes, you will share within your culture, but there's a place of going across cultures. Here we see different cultures meeting together, and they are clashing in their opinions about life. They are clashing in their belief systems. But evangelism goes across cultures. And the word of God is supracultural, it's above culture. So it can be shared in any culture and with any culture. Evangelism is clearly not confined to one particular culture, is not confined to one religion, it is not confined to one tradition, but it knows no borders. The good news that we have today is that the gospel can be shared across all cultures. From our text, we realize that Jesus, being a Jew, reached out to this Samaritan woman. Of course, it, 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 it was more than that. There were, there were issues they were dealing with. This is a man, this is a woman, different cultures, their opinions are different, belief systems are different. Um, there is a place, one puts the other, but the gospel still went forth. The love of God was expressed. So do not stick to your particular um, what do they call um, your particular or homogeneous group. You can share the gospel elsewhere. Imagine if here at NCLA we were all from one clan or one tribe. We were all from one profession. That NCLA was only made up of doctors. So Sunday ikifika ni madaktari na stethoscopes na nini peke I think that would be a bit boring. We, we love the mix. We have doctors, we have teachers, we have, uh, you know, businessmen, businesswomen, and that is it. So evangelism is cross-cultural, and we can be used by God to reach any culture, uh, to go beyond our professions to other professions, and share the gospel, because there's no limit as to what God can do when we step out in obedience to obey uh, the command to make disciples. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 5 to 12 is a story um, that uh, has also been alluded to. But on the day of Pentecost, you know, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And thereafter, the believers were together. It says that at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. You know, in Jerusalem on that particular day, there were many people from different cultures. And so we see that the gospel is a gospel that goes across every culture. There were people from different provinces in Egypt, Libya, Cyrene, wherever. They were all gathered in Jerusalem. And God meant for them to hear the good news. And so God sends us all together to reach out despite our different cultures. When you go out to evangelize, from that particular text, we see that there is a pushback. And we've mentioned it. So this is almost like a repetition. So there is a pushback that happens. Expect it. People will not receive you gladly many times. People will receive you with question marks. Uh, people will question who you are. What is your source? What is your theology? And things like that. And today in Kenya, with Shakahola happening, people will question this Christianity, this Jesus that you preach. But that will not stop us from sharing the gospel. So we must be ready for the pushback that happens. Anytime you go out to evangelize, expect it. You will be rejected by people. You will be rejected by your own family members. They will say, Nawuyu ame rukwa kichwa. You are all about Jesus. Don't you have anything else to do? Yeah. But that will not stop us from sharing the gospel. It should not stop you because you have been commanded to share the good news. In fact, if you don't share, the blood of those people, as it were, would be on your head, remember. That is what we learn in the Old Testament. We are commanded to share the gospel. So do your utmost best to share the gospel with the people that God brings within your circles. Um, expect rejection. Expect hostility, expect to be uh, looked down upon, but share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember one time we went to evangelize somewhere in Naivasha, and uh, we were young people in college, and we go to this home. As we knocked, instead of uh, somebody coming out, the dogs were released on us. But who is God? God delivered us. In our naivety, in whatever, you know. Yeah, you can go places and people release their dogs on you. And so it is my legs, what I ate. <laughs> a direct translation from the Lua, those who understand. is <laughs> a, a saying. So it's your legs that will carry you out of that place. You are running for your dear life because you want to share the gospel. And so there's a place of, um, even as we share, yes, people can, 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 can look down upon you, people can speak against you, people can reject you, but that does not mean that the Lord himself has rejected you. Remember he says, I am with you always to the close of the age in that particular scripture in Matthew chapter 28. I am with you. So when you go, you obey the command, the Lord Jesus Christ is with you and he will always protect you and deliver you. When you look at that text, I didn't read the whole of it, but that woman, once she realized that Jesus knew so much about her, and she actually said, I perceive you are a prophet, then she went to the city and told the people to come and see. 
Somebody that has told her everything about her life. And then the people of the city actually believed. And so in evangelism, you can reach one person. And that one person can be a doorway to a whole community. So imagine that one person that God has given you can be a doorway to reaching the whole of Langata, for example. God can give you an opportunity to reach um, a chief, for example. We know this happens so much in Masailand, uh, in other communities where they're very communal. That if the man of the house receives the gospel, then everybody else has to receive the gospel. It is by compulsion. But it happens that when they take that step, God is so faithful, you find that those people stand. And so, in reaching one person, in this particular case, Jesus targeted the woman, but he reached the entire city because of that one particular person. So don't feel that I've only reached one person and uh, it's, it's something very insignificant. No, it is very significant. That one soul, for scripture says when one soul comes to the Lord, even angels in heaven rejoice because of that one particular soul. Um, that chapter 4, just a few verses towards the end, there's something that I wanted to also draw attention to. In verse 30, 31, the scripture says that um, in the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and when and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look up to the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Praise the Lord. In evangelism, one assurance that we have is that the harvest is ready. The harvest is always ready. There's no time that the harvest is not ready. Jesus telling his disciples in that particular incident, they find him with the woman and they want to offer him food. But he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And they're wondering, did somebody give him food? Then he tells them, you people, you went to the city to buy food for yourselves. You forgot that you had food to share with those people. For me, I'm doing the will of him who said, I'm sharing what I have. And then he told them, lift up your eyes. Look up and see the harvest is ripe. The harvest is always ripe. And so don't feel like anytime you step out that the harvest is not. No, there is a harvest. Wherever God sends you, the harvest is ready. Praise the Lord. So the harvest is always ready. The harvest is ripe. So let us lift up our eyes and see. Who is that that God is sending your way to share the gospel with? Do not fear. Do not be afraid. That harvest is ready. Jesus rebuked his disciples in that particular portion and he challenged them, you know, to look up, to, to, to lift up their eyes and look and see at the fields for they are already white for the harvest. The times we live in tell us clearly that the harvest is ready. Something else that we see in that particular uh, text again is that Jesus is the center of the gospel. And in verse 25, if you look at verse 25 of that particular script, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Praise the Lord. We are dealing with a series of 
the I am series. I didn't think this would come up here. But it came up that the woman told him, I perceive you're a Messiah. Uh, the, uh, he was talking about a Messiah will come. Then Jesus tells him, I who speaks is he. I am he. And so there's another I am here of Jesus being the Messiah. He's the Christ. He's the Savior. The Messiah is always the center of the gospel. He's always at the heart of the gospel. So when we share, the, uh, when we evangelize, we must ensure that Jesus is at the center of our conversation. Nothing outside the Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 8, there's the story of Philip, the, 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 the apostle Philip and, and, in Samaria. And scripture says that because of the dispassion, he went to Samaria, found himself there and was preaching the gospel. And when he shared the gospel, many people responded. They believed when they heard the good news. Um, and um, when they surrendered their lives to God, miracles happened, signs happened through the hands of Philip. Why did this happen? It happened because Philip chose to go. And in his going, he was not alone. The Lord was with him. And as he shared the gospel, God confirmed his word. I want to say that as we share the gospel of Christ, let us know that the Lord is watching. The Lord is with us. He will confirm his word. Miracles don't happen when we sit in one place. Miracles happen when we go out. Miracles happen when we declare the word of God. And so if you are to see a miracle in your life, I would challenge you, go and share the gospel. We say that the greatest miracle is when somebody gives their life to Christ and sometimes you're thinking, what, duh, somebody giving their life to, is a miracle? The miracle I want is to see a lame person jumping and walking. Yes, the miracle of salvation is one of the greatest miracles that can happen to a person. So don't be afraid. Step out and share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Samaria was turned upside down because of one servant of God that believed the Lord, that trusted the Lord, and he obeyed. And God confirmed his word through his hand. As we close this afternoon, uh, I want to say that maybe you are here today and you are in pursuit of satisfaction. Just like that woman that went to the well. There are things that you are hungry about. There are things that you are thirsty about. There are things that you are looking for. But you are not finding them in what you know. I want to say that this afternoon, you may be seeking fulfillment in things that you have in life. You may be seeking fulfillment in your job, in your family. You may be seeking fulfillment in your business, in your investments. But I want to say that there's something greater than those here today. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is at the well. That woman came at the well. She was seeking fulfillment from the well of Jacob, but she didn't find it there. The Lord Jesus told her, there is something greater than the well of Jacob. There is something greater than Jacob here today, and that is the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So life issues may have screwed you up. I want to tell you this afternoon that the Lord Jesus is with us. He's with you. He's saying, come just as you are. I am here to refresh you. I am here to give you living water. The water that Christ gave is living water. When you share the love of God with other people, it is life to them in Jesus' name. So don't be afraid to share that gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with others. You may be giving life to somebody. You may be giving a hope to somebody that has had lost hope. And you are the one God is depending on. If you are that person this afternoon, I want to encourage you 
to surrender to God, to tell the Lord Jesus, here I am at this well of Jacob. In my dryness, I want to be refreshed this afternoon so that I can step out in boldness and share the gospel of the Lord Jesus without fear. I have good news for you today that Christ the Messiah is saying, I am he. That Messiah, it is him. He is here this afternoon. Maybe you're also here today and you feel that you have not obeyed the Lord in this area of the Great Commission. Maybe you're busy with your work, busy with your businesses, of course, busy with life, with children, all that, and you feel that you need to step up. I want to give you that an opportunity, that opportunity today to speak to the Lord and just tell him, Lord, help me so that I can step out. Give me boldness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. The disciples were told to wait in Jerusalem. As they waited, Jesus had said, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, then you will receive power to become my witnesses. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it alone by ourselves. Shall we bow down and pray? And even as we pray, I allow you to speak to God. Just tell God about yourself. What do you fear about evangelism? What do you fear about stepping out there? What is holding you back? We have said there's rejection, fear of rejection. There's fear that you don't know what to say. But this afternoon, the Lord Jesus is saying, I am he. He told that woman, that Messiah that you're expecting is here. And I want to say that he's here this afternoon. And so just tell him, Lord, just as I am, may you help me to be that vessel that is obedient, that I can step out and share the gospel. So, Heavenly Father, we bow before you this afternoon. Thank you, Lord, because of your word. Thank you for each one of us, my Father. We surrender to you just as we are. You have commanded us to go, make disciples of other nations. And it's about evangelizing, reaching out to people in different spaces, different spheres, different cultures. Mighty God, many times we feel we are belittled. We feel so low. We feel we don't have what it takes but your word is encouraging us and challenging us, oh God. That is not about us. It is about you. So Lord, I pray that may you strengthen our resolve today. May you encourage us, oh my God, that we can do it. We can step out, not by ourselves, but with you, going with us. For you have promised to be with us to the close of the age. Father, I pray that you may encourage our hearts. You may encourage that dear one that feels that they have let you down. That they have not obeyed you. Oh God, may you help them to step out in boldness, to allow you to lead them so that they can be your vessels that you use to share your love with the world around us. Mighty Father, may your name be glorified. This afternoon we acknowledge that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. So may you fill us again with your spirit. May you make us new wineskins, oh God. May you fill us with new wine today that we may have the word, what it takes to share the gospel in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we also stand against the oppression and the opposition of the enemy. We rebuke the enemy that comes to create fear and intimidation against us in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that we shall not bow to the intimidation of the enemy, but we shall stand forth and declare the word of God wherever you send us, whenever you send us in the name of Jesus. Open doors before us, O oh God, that we can share your gospel and that your word may be reaching out to many that we may not even have imagined. And so, Lord, I pray your peace and your blessing upon all of us. 
in the name of Jesus. I want to ask, Lord, that if there be anyone that is unwell, may you just touch them. If you're unwell this afternoon, just believe God. I believe that God wants to heal you. So just trust him together. Father, I pray for healing in the name of Jesus. That because your word has been declared, you are here to confirm it, O Jehovah God. So send your word and touch them and heal them, dear Lord. Set them free from whatever infirmity in the name of Jesus. And so I give you praise and I give you glory. In Jesus' name I pray. All right.